1: Hi, this is Laurel, and welcome back to Laurel's Real Money Talks, where we talk about making money, investing money, using a team, and strategically putting that money to work. So I uh, either come live and provide the content, or I bring you extraordinary guests. And I want to talk about some of the new assets off Wall Street that are live and thriving, and I always say they're going to leapfrog the banking system if we don't catch up. So it's cryptocurrency today, and we're going to talk about blockchain technology. And my guest today is Matt Herrick. He is the CEO and founder of Ledger Leap. So Matt, welcome to Laurel's Real Money Talks podcast.
2: Hey, thank you for having me. Um, I don't know how incredible I am. Um, I, I will try and be as incredible as impossible, and you know, live up to the hype.
1: <laughs> but
2: most importantly, thank you for having me.
1: Oh, I love it. So you know, we have people from all over the world, and you know, Bitcoin has taken the, the world by storm. Just you know, recently, Brenda, to high, you know, big heights, and it's also gone down. Talk just a little bit about your company. What does Ledger Leap do?
2: Allegedly, it came about almost by accident. Actually, my co-founder and I, Charles, built a real estate platform that uh, is underpinned by blockchain technology. When we first hit the scene, it's like all of a sudden you've been you've been upset about a problem for a very, very, very long time. All of a sudden, the solution just appears. Like you're just hearing a you know a commercial, like oh, this is it. Like oh, where has this been all my life? So we implemented the technology in real estate effectively in creating a, well, the largest real estate brokerage network referral room, I guess, in the country now. And all the tools, since we were going and treading where no one had gone before, we had to build them. So the platforms, the smart contracts, the you know, basically everything that makes it work. And then the thing about a lot of entrepreneurs is we're not marketing people. You know, we build things. We come up with things, we fix problems, we make it work. Uh, we don't know how to create hype and things, and get people riled up. So once we built Bitcoin, it went into the marketing phase, letting everybody know that this thing is built. And that's all really handled out of house through the 5Ws of the world and XYZ PR firm and XYZ marketing company. So the 20-odd people that we had in our office every day that built it for the last 2 years, had nothing really to do (laughs) and coming from a part of like cutting payroll checks. That's scary. So (laughs) it is terrifying. But uh, I received a phone call, a really strange one. Um, The brief backstory is in in crypto and blockchain, it's very hard to know who people are because uh, it's a digital community. So when a man calls you and says, hi, I'm, I'm the founder of OpenTable. I don't know if you heard me, we're doing a travel and booking platform and we saw the recent success of your project and we'd like to ask you some questions and see if you could help. I actually hung up on him three times in a row, <laughs> it was funny. like a front friend call. And then the third, the fourth time I let him, I was like, all right, just talk to me. And then within five minutes, I'm like, I've made a very big mistake. <laughs> it's, just, very <laughs> it's just a real deal. So uh, he sent it over his uh his material and we're like uh well we can do a little bit more than advising this is very similar what we did why don't we just build it and then all of a sudden the team was back to work and then we did one and then another one and another one we're like oh i guess we build them now for other people too it's accidental
1: yeah so back up a little bit and talk about the history of blockchain i mean it's the platform of digital currency um source transactions at its simplest form so talk about the history and exactly for our listeners, so they understand what it is.
2: Okay, there's a uh, blockchain, the technology, and then cryptocurrency. So imagine, like, there's the technology, the the thing that solves problems. And imagine if you know you create a solar panel, and then all of a sudden people start using your solar panel as a currency. It's like I'm ah. <laughs> just going to do more things. So blockchain appeared on the scene almost like out of a sci-fi mo- novel. You know, straight out of 1984, the person that created the technology kept it quiet, right? Didn't release his name. Still, it was an unknown person using the acronym Satoshi Nakamoto. And then it was just released onto the world, in, in the form of Bitcoin. And Bitcoin bypassed governments and banks, and well, quite frankly, scared the shit out of a lot of people. <laughs> and most of those people in some type of authoritative position or uh, central banking position. And it allowed people to transfer money, a form of currency, all all over the planet almost instantly with no central intermediaries, no central control, and almost no fees. Literally, just the amount of hashing power it took for the computer to actually process the transaction. That was the cost. So it threw the world kind of through a loop. And then people, once they got more comfortable with it, are like, okay this thing that makes this Bitcoin thing work, this could be used for other things. And then we saw the evolution of the smart contract, which is Ethereum, uh, also very well-known Ethereum, is not a cryptocurrency, everyone thinks it is. Ethereum is actually a platform for building programs on blockchain, uh, it's called smart contracts. And the actual coin Ethereum is used as basically gas, well, it's called gas, but Kind of a push to get these smart contracts out of the nest to launch them. And then there are very traditional equities that have been turned into digital currencies. Like I've seen gold backed tokens or diamond. I'm not, not going to get into why that's a terrible idea. But spawned a, a whole spectrum of technology mixed with asset class. And it, it's given the regulators a really Tough challenge. In fact, given the community itself, a, a very large challenge of digging through what is necessary, what needs the technology, what benefits from it, what doesn't, and where this technology can take us. So there's, there's, yeah, it's like a, the term the Wild West is uh, unfortunately accurate.
1: Yeah. So talk specifically but, how you're using blockchain for the real estate member platform that you just discussed, and then we'll. Talk about wow. ICOs and back to crypto. Go we'll stay on blockchain. How are you using it specifically? Just for our listeners who know, you know what I call basic, bread and butter business on how it's done. How do you use it differently, and how does it benefit them?
2: Okay, um, what we do is we tokenize real estate commission. Right. So right now, if you go sell your house, a man or woman comes to your house, plants a sign in your front yard, and takes 6% of the most valuable thing that you own. And you don't really have much say in the matter. The the only input you have is whether to give this person 6% or give that person 6% or this other guy. There wasn't really a meeting where we all got together and like, yeah, 6% of our homes, that's a good price. If there was such a meeting, I, I wasn't there for it. And the consumers have pushed back a great deal. They are doing 96% of the work or 96% of people find their homes themselves. They're doing because of the access to information they have now, they're doing a majority of the work themselves. But for some reason, even though they're doing 90 something percent of the work, they're not seeing any difference in how much money it's costing them. So we decided to, all right, well, kind of like how Bitcoin got around banks and Distributed this thing to the community, and then the free market determined how much this thing was worth. I think that the free market should determine how much uh, real estate commission is because we didn't really agree to six percent. So every percentage point we broke up into ten tokens, ten D points. Right. So we knew that brokers had to make some money. Right. So we set a stop at one percent. But the difference between one percent and five percent, a person could purchase down, buy down. With 10 tokens for each percent. So if I wanted to sell my house, I give somebody 50 tokens and the person will come and sell my house for 1%, saving me 5% of the most valuable thing I own. You know, and you build all this, the people are like, ah, well, that's nice because no real estate broker is ever going to do it. And then we did. We started hired onboarding brokers rather fast because A, it handles the client acquisition problem, which is the most expensive thing in real estate um, is marketing, trying to find your next person. With Deedcoin, a real estate broker doesn't have to spend all of his time and all of his money on marketing. Uh, we draw a 50-mile circle around each broker's office that joins the network. And that 50-mile circle, and that broker, his job is shifted to getting new clients to just taking care of all the Deedcoin holders in my 50-mile radius. And the more transactions he does, the more helpful, he is. the more coin grows as a whole, as far as the network, the more people pop up in that 50-mile radius that he has to take care of. The other part of it is the administrative work. Right? So we take it from... You don't have to spend all this money on advertising. And the back end of Deedcoin works a lot like Trello. Uh, Trello is a task management system. A lot of offices use it. That's, it's great Right? But there isn't something like that for real estate. So the back end of Bitcoin allows 80 to 90% of the administrative work in a real estate transaction to be done on platform. Right. So imagine if instead of the we all know the process and how as backwards it is now, but imagine if the home buyer, the home seller, the seller's broker, the buyer's broker, all the insurance the appraisers, the inspectors, the lenders, imagine if they all sat at a conference table. And weren't allowed to get up till the transaction was done. Imagine how fast that would go. Yeah. Right. Every single step, the other person is there, ready to handle it on the platform. They can upload all their documents. They can be signed by the other party but right there in real time. So when a person goes on to dcoin.com, they simply type in their address. Right. If they're going to sell their home, deposit fifty tokens. It automatically links them to the broker in their area. They both get a text message connecting them, starting a conversation. And once they list their house, it starts a transaction that everyone can monitor, jump on, uh, eliminate tasks all in real time until the transaction is done. So it saves brokers a ton of marketing money and a ton of man hours. So back to those people that told us no one would join us. I don't know if anybody's heard of a company called Redfin. Redfin IPO'd at eleven dollars a share, one point one billion dollar valuation. Six months later, so two months ago, they are worth three and a half billion dollars, thirty three dollars a share. Their company doubled in six months because they brought commission down to four percent. Wow! That's they are awesome. in thirty seven states, eighty six cities. What's their De- name? Redfin. Deedcoin, however, yep. is in a hundred and eighty cities across all fifty states. We're forty percent larger because we allow brokers to come to us everyone can sign up and grow the network while they have to build a store make that store profitable and then open another one we just allow all these real estate brokers that are out here struggling because there's so many others and the competition so fierce yep. we just allow them to join so our network exploded our coverage area is larger than almost twice as large as our nearest competitor all That's because awesome. of blockchain. Because if you're to distribute these tokens, like imagine them as coupons. If I were to print coupons, there'd be forged coupons, people tearing up coupons. <laughs> It'd be a mess. But with blockchain, it's an inalterable coupon that can be transferred anywhere on the planet and exchanged in real time. Awesome. That's
1: the thing. Right. So now let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about what ledger leaps become. Um, So start with just what's an ICO, and then what are you now doing? So my understanding is you're taking people in an ICO on a regular basis, and this is what what ledger leaps become. But to start with the definition of ICOs, because I I just want clarity. I've I've interviewed people in these categories, and I want just clear definitions.
2: Okay. Uh, The definition of an ICO is a terrible idea. That should be the definition. (laughs) It is an act. <laughs> Sorry, that's not the answer you were expecting, but it stands for initial coin offering, which likens it to an initial public offering, which makes people think that it's an investment, right? And a lot of people kind of view it as a fundraising mechanism for projects that have no reason to be in the blockchain space whatsoever, except for they want to make a quick grab at some money. And that is the single most thing that I wish I can just carve out one piece of my community and industry and throw it right in the trash, that would be it. While we were building Bitcoin, we got to see the things in our community that needed it and things that didn't. So what the common practice was is that a couple of people would get together and say, Hmm, what's our dream business? Ah, got it. All right. Now let's write a book report, call it a white paper about what our dream business might look like. And then we'll go to this community, and then we'll use all of their money to build our dream business. Maybe we build it, maybe we don't. In no other industry would that be acceptable. You do not get to ask for money unless you have a project. You built a thing, right? You built a platform. You built a community. You built user base. Like you have to earn the right to hold your hand out to investors. You don't get to just, you know, say, hey, here you go. So we only look at token sales. A token sale is. not mean for you to sell me a token. I better be able to use this token. right? So it better be usable at the point that you're you're asking me to buy one, because I don't want to buy a thing that I can't use. So from your listener's standpoint, if it does not already exist, stay the heck away from it. Alright. So Ledger was our ability... When we realized what we could do with this by supporting and picking the projects that we believe to be needed in the space we started developing these rules, these caveats. For us to help you, you have to... And it it is like a venture fund. Because when Charles and I first thought of the idea, we went to these development companies to help us. And they're like, yeah, that'll be a million dollars. No joke, million dollars. And 10% of your raise and 10% of this. We didn't have that money. We are a startup. So when Ledger picks a company to help and build with, we charge them, as far as development and building costs, Only what our payroll is. We make zero money, zero. The way that Ledger gets paid is we take a percentage of token and a percentage of equity in the company. Now, since we have token equity, we are partnered. So our success can only come from your success. And for us to help you, we need to see a business. This business has to be running for at least a year. This business needs to have a product or platform. This product (laughs) or platform has to have users. Or at least a very, very, very convincing, convincing pitch on how it's going to get them. Because I'm a really tough guy to pitch. I, exactly. I get pitched probably a dozen times a day. So we actually get to pick the companies that we believe should be in the space, and then we help those. So it's a way for us to change our community for the better. Like we get to, we get to be the change that we wanted to see in the, in the, in the industry.
1: And so, what are some of the ICOs that you've actually like done? thought they were good companies because clearly they have to have a basis behind them versus a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, a real, thing. <laughs> yeah like a real thing. Yeah, So actually speak to that because, I mean, Bitcoin, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, there's nothing behind mm-hmm. it besides arbitrage, right? So going uh, to speak ones that you don't like and you do like.
2: Okay, absolutely. Um, well, first I'll touch on projects that are out there already, tokens that are out there already because, honestly, unless you're a seasoned investor and you know about the technology, you should keep your money the heck away from new ones, or you don't know they're going to work or work. So we'll talk about the existing ones. Bitcoin. Bitcoin is fantastic for a couple of reasons, because it is a store of value. It's a great hedge against traditional currency. So imagine if you live in, and Americans have a hard time justifying Bitcoin and the benefits it has. But let's say uh, Venezuelans, they love it. It saves people's lives. It saves people's retirements. Because before that, at any moment in time, I could wake up in the morning and some crazy dictator is going to be like, "Ah, I need a new statue of me, so I'm going to go print a trillion dollars. Uh, this is going to be the best statue ever." And I just devalued every Venezuelan currency. Oh, while they were sleeping, these people have no store of value, mm-hmm. and if they had a store of value, like let's say gold, they can't really hop on a plane and get out of anywhere with it right so it allows them a store value that can't be taken away that is digital in nature and whether it's keeping on a thumb drive and cold storage or they can honestly remember a 13 word password phrase it's something that cannot be taken away and cannot be devalued there is no central organization so bitcoin is great do i think that the price of it is great no i think that with all emergent technologies like in 2001 and 99 with the internet thing, the hype explodes, and it shoots up, and then the speculative value is not backed up by real value. And then it comes down. But when it comes down, it comes down to a real price, what it should be worth, minus speculation. And I think that's where we're at now. Ether the Ethereum is fantastic. It allows anyone with a computer that sees a problem to build a solution. And then launch it into the world. That's a real thing. That's fantastic. EOS, for a very long time, I hated because they had yet to build anything but raised a ridiculous amount of money. And <laughs> they were something that I would target in speaking and things like that. just you know, have a token for me to pick on. And they recently shut me up by launching their mainnet. And it's a fantastic platform. It's the same anything that is if you can feel it hold it touch it it does not need to be on blockchain let's say gold back token right? if it is a thing in real life if you can pick it up and throw it over your shoulder do not throw money at the blockchain iteration of it let's say gold right if i have a brick of gold the brick of gold is worth this much money and let's say the brick of gold goes up three percent in six months but your gold backed token goes up 300 percent in six months hmm. Well, that would believe a 297% difference in these two numbers. That that would be a speculative difference. Uh, That's the nice way of saying a bubble. So if your thing, if your token, internet money, is backed by this real thing, how could it possibly ever be worth more than the thing that backs it? So anybody that isn't thinking of investing in a blockchain type investment vehicle or a company, if this token, coin, whatever, is backed by something that you could touch, stay the heck away from it.
1: It not <laughs> need to be
2: there. And it's a money grab. And just make sure that's not your money they're grabbing.
1: And isn't there quite a few of those? I mean, if you say on percentage, <laughs> oh, Matt, yes. what's the percent or that <laughs> are actually real versus total crap? Oh, 90%. That's what I thought. I knew you were going to go there. Ah, 90%.
2: Hey, actually, I get the... the <laughs> I get to go tell a bunch of diplomat people that, and, oh, I just realized this is a lot. I get to tell a bunch of intelligent world leaders the exact same thing, that 90% of the tokens coming out of their area is nonsense. But, the but then I somehow have to turn around and justify that the technology that underpins them is one, that's going to change the world and some of the most valuable. <laughs> Very difficult job. But yeah, 90% of them are nonsense. So if anyone... So what are a, the, what the what are the few in the mind, 10%? I so would, you would say Tazers. phenomenal. I don't plug myself or any of our projects.
1: And who are they?
2: That's what I don't usually plug like a Deedcoin or allegedly products. When people ask me where should you know where should I put my money, if anybody doesn't understand everything that they read on like how the token operates, don't invest in it. If you're not an expert on how blockchain works or the microeconomies that it creates. Only invest in existing ones and only invest in existing ones. Tezos, Bitcoin, Stellar, IOTA, these are all things that are phenomenal technology and phenomenal entrepreneurs that lead them. Right. So if you don't know about blockchain, stick to the ones that already exist. No ICOs for you. Stay away from them because you have no way to validate the information.
1: Yep. No, it's good. Great um, advice. So, Matt, uh, a few more questions, and we unfortunately have to end for today, and we're going to continue to bring you back in October and November. You'll be part of our community, educating and teaching. All right. (laughs) I can't wait. We're going to continue these Mm -hmm. longer formats. But just before we leave, the future of blockchain, I mean, there are brick-and-mortar basic stores and businesses really starting to use it, whether it's for inventory, for what I call basic business needs. So, speak a little to, to how you see blockchain. It's here to stay. Most people don't know how to use it, but talk about more of those brick and mortar stores that are starting to engage. And I
2: think. Okay, the ones shipping companies. It's excellent for supply chain and logistics. Accounting, honestly, there would be no such thing as cooked books or accounting errors or money laundering with the distributed ledger technology. It is fantastic at storing records that are unalterable deeds titles ownership a way to like you could take a untraditional investment vehicle like a painting a bottle of lafitte a ferrari (laughs) but uh it's a way for ownership to be broken up and for some a piece of paper which would be taking its place by blocking it's a way for you to record something unalterable for forever. So whether that is your income, uh, I'm trying to think of what other ones that are, are out of the... Uh, sorry, I can say something original. I kind of think there's something that no one's really talked about before. Actually, maintenance schedules are going to be something that that's actually something that we're working on right now. Very large machines, oil pipelines, airlines, cruise ships, maintenance has to be done, recorded, standardized, and in the case of any fault, be able to be tracked all the way back to its origin uh, blockchain is the best bookkeeper in the world put it that way so uh, any that. type of role where it does that is going to be yep.
1: awesome talk a little bit about how uh ledger leap if they want to get a hold of you talk to you oh yes
2: yes well uh, a couple of links real quick so ledgerleap.com is our development organization there is a whole bunch of contact. Vehicles built into the site. You can schedule appointments, calls to talk to developers here, talk to Charles and I, com and deedcoinlaunch.com for the token sales side.
1: Right. And well, they can see all of great. our past
2: projects, all of our tech. They can peruse for days.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So I appreciate you being on. And uh, again, those uh-huh. of you that have been listening to Laurel's World Money Talks, Anytime that you want a conversation or make a request if you want to uh, talk in more of a personal introduction to Matt and his team, go to AskLaurel, A-S-K-L-O-R-A-L, com, And you put in your name, your phone number, make a request or ask a question. We'll be right back with you. So, Matt, thank I you for food. sharing answer your questions knowledge. I'll for food. Pardon?
2: I said uh, food. It's a great way for me to answer a bunch of questions for you to bribe me with meals. <laughs>
1: Easy. Well, and we look forward to uh, meeting you. Those of you that are out listening, um, Matt will be live with us in Vegas, October 17, 18, and 19. We're doing our Off Wall Street Asset 3-Day Workshop, and uh, Matt and his team will be with us, and we'll be deeply excited about that. I'm super excited. So, join us uh, in Las Vegas, all of you listeners, and uh, again, just go to com to learn more. Thanks, Matt.
2: No, thank you for having me, Um, and thank you for uh, letting me run my mouth for as long as you have. I
1: appreciate it. Oh, we love it. All right. Those of you listening, we'll be back with more on Laurel's Real Money Talk soon. Take care.
0: Thanks for listening to the Real Money Talks podcast. Your host has been Laurel Langmire author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View. Visit asklaurel.com to submit your question, and it may just be covered on a podcast episode. So stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to get new episodes every week.